is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Well, hello there and welcome in to another edition of the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We're continuing with our little mini-series, our consistency grades, our misconception correction. And today, we're going to be going over the running backs, the guys who were maybe less consistent than their box scores would indicate, more consistent than you would have expected to see. And of course, we got to give a shout out to those guys who were just as consistent as they were good. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Continuing on with our little mini-series here. I want to let you guys know, though, we're going to be coming out with a uh, live episode. Our first live episode of 2023, uh, quite shortly, actually. Uh, March 2nd, we'll be coming out with that episode. It will be Injury Inquiries. My good friend Brian Scott from the Injuryless Podcast is going to be coming on to that show. And we're going to dive in to pretty much all the significant fantasy football injury news that we have to. I thought this would be the best time to do this, right? Because the scouting combine will be there. The NFL free agency hasn't quite kicked off yet. And it seems to be like the next practical step. Like, all right, let's figure out who's going to be available when heading into 2023. So I'm going to kick it off with that. Uh, my co-host, Daniel Dubois, will be with me. So looking forward to that. It's going to be a jam-packed show. We're going to be live on YouTube at MDFF Show. We'll be available, as we always are, on your favorite podcast app after the show is over. Apple, Spotify, iHeart, wherever. Just look up the MD's Fantasy Football Show. But to no further ado, let's dive in to our misconception corrections with the running backs. Really should be no surprise that we're talking about DeAndre Swift in a running back consistency grading episode as being a guy that maybe was a little bit less consistent than what his actual finish was. He finished 24th total at the position half-point PPR scoring, which frankly is a little bit surprising when you factor in that he only played 13 games. Shows you how bad the running back position as a whole was this season. He was 21st in average points per game, but only 30th in our consistency rankings. And of course, that's disappointing across the board as DeAndre Swift was consistent drafted as an RB1 last season. Now, if you go back and you were part of MD Nation, you go back to our shows when we did the the best five, the bus five, the sleeper five running backs, I kind of pointed out that, you know what, Swift was a little bit on my bust radar because I had him at RB17 heading into the week, or the year, excuse me, and you know, I was a little bit worried about Jamal Williams and what his role could potentially be. Now, I wasn't predicting 17 touchdowns, don't get me twisted, but was concerned that DeAndre Swift would lose out on those gimme touchdowns that would be an opportunity to be had. And that's exactly what wound up happening. And now we have to question whether he ever gets that situation back, whether that's always going to be a problem with DeAndre Swift. I will say one thing that was surprising about him, though, he only had one bust finish. And a bust finish for us, by the way, is RB42 or worse. That's what a bust finish is. So considering all that Really, for this to be Swift's bad year, quote-unquote, so far in his career, it wasn't that bad. So there is some silver lining for some hope. He still had those elite finishes. He still had four top five finishes. He still had two top 24 finishes. It was just one of those uneven years for DeAndre Swift between injuries and losing precious goal line work. We'll see what happens next year and what the Detroit Lions decide to do with Jamal Williams' contract as that will have a big part in what our outlook for Swift will be. Dalvin Cook makes it on the downside of our misconception 
correction list here where he was much less consistent than what his finish would indicate. And it felt like he took a step down, and that was indicated by our consistency rank for Dalvin Cook. Now, first of all, he finished eighth total overall, so he finished an RB1. Even in points per game, he was 11th, so even that metric, you still say to yourself, well, okay, you're still low in RB1. Draft and be a top five guy, but you'll take it nonetheless, especially given how the running backs sort of went this season. But it's still 20th in our consistency rankings. He only had two top five finishes, only four finishes in the top 12, and three top 24 finishes. That's really not a lot for a Dalvin Cook who played the overwhelming majority of the season. He misses his couple of games because he's Dalvin Cook, and that's just what he does. Ultimately, only two bust games, which isn't terrible, but when you're drafting a Dalvin Cook to be a top-five guy and he's pretty much giving you a week-in, week-out RB2-like performance, it's definitely disappointing, and we just made it to be seeing the beginning of the end of Dalvin Cook in this past year, and I don't know if this can really right the ship because this offense was supposed to be tailor-made for him, and that just, well, that didn't really happen. It's funny, with Joe Mixon, we had we just did like a video about him like being a sell in Dynasty Leagues, and of course... The day after, I think it was the, actually the next day after he made that video, is when all the legal off-the-field troubles came out about Joe Mixon. So all of a sudden, everybody was like, well, he's not a sell anymore because everybody's off of him. Luckily, that guy put the rest for his sake and, and for Dynasty owner's sake, but he still makes it on the uh, not-so-good side of our consistency grades here. He finished 13th overall the position while also finishing 9th on a per, on a points per game average, which okay, great, fine. You get in the top ten, you get what you want out of Joe Mixon, but as I kind of pointed out, everything was a little ticked down for Joe, including our consistency grade, which was at RB seventeen. And I think that more accurately reflects what it felt like having Joe Mixon. It felt more like you had an RB two rather than an RB one. He only finished in the top five one time four top 12 finishes, two top 24, and then also had two bust games. I'm still looking to sell him, if if I can, in Dynasty Leagues to a team that is looking to go on a championship run. He still has value. He's not quite at the cliff mark yet, but he's getting kind of close to it where we can start to see a steep decline out of Joe Mixon, frankly, within the next maybe year or two. Aaron Jones is like the epitome of my running back's misconception correction list here. I mean, seriously. And in a second, where we talk about A.J. Dillon, who frankly is not too far behind him. But you look at the box score. Aaron Jones, he's an RB1. He finishes an RB1. He was ninth total points. He was a 12th in average points per game. But if he felt like he was more of an RB2 to you when you had him on your teams, you're right. His consistency ranking was 18th for us here. He had his Aaron Jones, a win-you-a-week-by-myself games, three top five finishes, three finishes inside the top 12. But the problem with an Aaron Jones is that while you get those big performances, he had just as many games where he finished more as an RB3 questionable flex play or an outright bust, where he had the one bust game where he was finished as a running back 42 or worse, according to our consistency grades, which are up on fantasysports.com when you go take a look there. I mean, he signed the contract with the Green Bay Packers, so we know he's going to be back. And the real issue that we're having now, Aaron Jones, is that he's getting on that upper echelon of the running back age. Now, yes, he wasn't utilized as much in the beginning of his career, which is why we still think even at an older age he can still produce. 
But now he's had two seasons back-to-back where he's had a lingering issue kind of derail his season at the very end. And it's not just a couple of games that he misses. It's the fact that he comes back too soon from these injuries. And then we have to deal with the fact that, well, Aaron Jones is healthy. He has to be in my lineup. Oh, except he's not really healthy enough to be productive. So now we have to deal with A.J. Dillon. And he wound up in this cycle of, you know Aaron Jones is going to be on your team. You know he's going to have an overall good finish by the end of the season. But on a week-to-week, he's either going to win you some weeks or he's going to lose you some weeks. So now it's time to talk about A.J. Dillon. And remember A.J. Dillon's season heading into August and we thought, oh, man, this is going to be one of those few running back tandems in the Green Bay Packers where we can get two guys to finish inside the top 24? Well, that didn't really wind up happening. On the total score, it came close because A.J. Dillon was 26 in total points. And then we get a little bit of a better picture here, 33rd in average points per game. And then the consistency mark, I think, kind of really nails what A.J. Dillon actually was. He was RB40th in our consistency rankings. Because really, there was a huge stretch of the season where you couldn't use A.J. Dillon. I mean, he had eight total games between finishing the top 36 as a questionable flex play or just outright busting altogether compared to six games where he was a starter. He had one top five finish. He had he had three top twenty uh, top twelve finishes and two top twenty four finishes for him. He did have a spotlight section of the season where he kind of bounced back there weeks twelve through seventeen when Aaron Jones was kind of banged up. AJ Dillon got his time to shine and he was the RB twelve during that time period. So our two questions going into next season are going to be: Do you get more of the work more consistently throughout the year alongside of Aaron Jones, but also? What is the change at quarterback that is seems inevitable at this point for the Green Bay Packers going to mean for this backfield? Hey guys, I just want to thank you all for tuning into our video today. Make sure you're subscribing to us on YouTube where you can search us the MD's Fantasy Football Show or go to at MDFF Show. We're available to you on TikTok and on Instagram. Follow us on social media when you go to at MDFF Show or at DanMeterFF for my personal account. Give us a shout out on our Facebook page, the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Guys, we're available to you all throughout the year for any fantasy football questions you may have or football betting in general. Make sure you subscribe and like the video below. We'll see you again soon. Welcome back in, guys, from our little promo channel break there. Make sure you follow those places I just told you to follow. We're going to be giving out all kinds of new content, great juicy things throughout the year from now until August and from August until January and Fantasy football is a year-round sport. you got to love it. We just went through our guys that were maybe less consistent than what their finishes would have indicated to give you guys a heads up. Like, hey, you know what? While this guy may have finished here, eh, maybe don't value him the same way heading into next year, or at least don't value him as what he did from last year. Well, this time, this segment, these are the guys that were actually more consistent than what their finishes would indicate, and we'll see some of these players exactly which ones we think might be heading in the right direction for 2023. Josh Jacobs, the man who single-handedly made the entire fantasy industry look like, well, a bunch of dum-dums. He goes from playing way too much in a preseason Hall of Fame game to possibly losing touches to Zamir White to He's a fantasy stud, and everybody else get the hell out of his way. Finished third overall at the position this year. Was also third in average points per game, and our consistency rank had him fourth overall. Five top five finishes, four top 12 finishes, four finishes inside the top 24. The most 
surprising thing and the best thing I could say is that zero bust games. Josh Jacobs never busted out for you completely at any point in this entire season. Now, I don't think he's got any shot at you know reproducing or coming close to the fantasy production we saw this past year unless he goes back to the Raiders because volume was the name of the game and I don't see another situation where he'd be in line to get the volume that he's going to get. So if you're hoping Josh Jacobs can put this together for at least one more year or something resembling what he did in 2022 you better hope he stays with Vegas I think Nick Chubb made a pack with the devil because six was his number he was six in total points for the running back position he was six in average points per game and he was six in our consistency rank that's right Nick Chubb six 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 for the 2022 season I always feel like he's he's just like under underappreciated frankly for the how good of a running back he is and how consistent he is year in year out for fantasy football because well he never quite finishes inside that top three but he's always right there I mean he had two top five finishes this year five top 12 finishes five finishes inside the top 24 and frankly the zero busts I love the zero busts, especially considering how much of a downward spiral that offense took when Deshaun Watson took over. During that time, which week 13 through 17, because again, we don't count week 18 when we're doing this stuff, uh, he was the RB22. So it was definitely a, a, a bad taste in your mouth if you went into the fantasy playoffs with Nick Chubb, and I understand why, but remember, we pointed out in the Sean Watson video, there is a silver lining, there was a trend in the right direction, I am not worried about Nick Chubb and his value come 2023. Five is the magical number for Saquon Barkley. He was fifth overall, he was fifth in average points per game, and he comes in at fifth on our consistency rankings. Four top five finishes, four top 12 finishes, four finishes inside the top 24. Oh yeah, he also had zero bust games like the other elite running backs in his class. It was fantastic to see him bounce back, finally be healthy after two seasons of being laid away to waste, and he bounces back for what was statistically, at the very least, his career year. Thus far, the Giants looking to get him down and sign to a new contract, rightfully so. He is the offense of that team, and I don't see the volume at least going away anytime soon. I remember a time when uh, everybody was calling me crazy for ranking Christian McCaffrey as my number one running back overall heading into the 2022 season. Told, told me nuts. Now, he didn't quite finish at number one, but he was number two across the board. Second in overall points scored. Second in average points per game scored, and second in our consistency rankings for this season. And he even had two different teams. I mean, two, 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 four twos across the board for Christian McCaffrey. Six top five finishes. That was actually amongst the most. Uh, second, actually, in that category to only Austin Eckler. Four top 12 finishes. Three finishes out of the top 24. Zero bust games for a guy who had to switch teams halfway through the season. Now, for those of you who said, well, like, oh, Dan, you weren't right. You, you liked him RB1. He finishes RB2. Well, I will say this. When he went to San Francisco between eight, weeks 8 through 17, including that first game against Kansas City where he didn't play that much, he was the RB1 during that stretch overall once he got to the 49ers. So Christian McCaffrey proven still got quite a bit in the tank when he can stay healthy throughout the entire year. 
Austin Eckler, the face of fantasy football. He's a player who loves the game, and there's really nobody who he should be rooting for more to continue to finish as the number one guy across the board than Austin Eckler. First in total points, first in average points per game, and number one in our consistency ranks. He had the most top five finishes with eight. He tacked on three more inside the top 12. He didn't bust once the entire season, and this was even coming off a year in which at the beginning of the year, beginning of the year, they wanted somebody else besides Austin Eckler to be the main goal line guy. And it just never happened. It just never happened. Austin Eckler with the amount of receiving and the rushing and everything that he gets in that offense. And, oh, man, we're going to dive into what Kellen Moore with that offense means. But Austin Eckler, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. Hey guys, I just want to thank you all for tuning into our video today. Make sure you're subscribing to us on YouTube where you can search us the MD's Fantasy Football Show or go to at MDFF Show. We're available to you on TikTok and on Instagram. Follow us on social media when you go to at MDFF Show or at DanMeterFF for my personal account. Give us a shout out on our Facebook page, the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Guys, we're available to you all throughout the year for any fantasy football questions you may have or football betting in general. Make sure you subscribe and like the video below. We'll see you again soon. Welcome back in. I hope you've been able to stay through this episode the entire way. And thank you for those that have been able to, because now we're about to give a shout out to the best of the best, the players who are just as good as they were consistent and why we have to continue to harp on these guys in the elite tier once more. Damian Pierce, who he saw his value go all over the board heading into summertime, went from being way too low to, frankly, in my opinion, way too high to, well, maybe just right by the time the season kicked off. He was actually more consistent than where he finished. I mean, missed a few games, and that's why he finished 25th overall. But 23rd average points per game, I mean, he was just, he was an RB2, but he was consistent like a low in RB1. He finished 11th in our consistency rankings didn't finish in the top five once. He never had that big, I won you the week type of game, but four top 12 finishes and five finishes inside the top 24. If you drafted Damian Pierce hoping he would be a very good RB2, well, frankly, that's exactly what he was. And he only had three bust games to boot. Yes, he had four games missed. That's something we'll have to look out. He also looked like he was maybe hitting a rookie wall towards the end of the season. I expect him to be in even better shape. And more importantly, until we see the Houston Texans in, in, in full force here in the offseason, I don't know if he's going to lose his role anytime soon either. I think we really should be giving a little bit more credit to Ezekiel Elliott than, frankly, what he gets. I mean, Elliott actually finished 18th overall. He had 16th in average points per game, and he was 9th. I mean, he was like an RB1 to us from a consistency standpoint. Are the big Ezekiel Elliott games over? Yeah, he had zero top five finishes, but six finishes inside the top 12, three inside the top 24, and only two bust games for a guy that doesn't catch the ball that much anymore because he's, he's pretty much gave that role to Tony Pollard this past season. But what he proved is that he can be a touchdown, a LeGarrette Blunt type, if you will, a Jamal Williams type, if you will, and still be relevant for fantasy football if you draft him to be more of a high-end RB3. Elliott can still kind of be on the radar. Jonathan Taylor is a good player, okay? And overall, he wasn't a terrible fantasy player. But there's no escaping the fact that this guy was a bust 
in every sense of the word because he was drafted more times than not as the number one running back overall in your fantasy football drafts. And yet he finished 32nd at the position. Yes, that's what six games missed. So we take that out of the equation, but still does not does not get rid of the fact that he was 20th in average points per game. Doesn't get rid of the fact that he's still only 14th in our consistency ranking. Now, at least he was more consistent than what his average points per game would indicate as far as his usefulness for you from a fantasy football standpoint. But two top five finishes, two top 12 finishes, three top 24 and three bust games on top of six games missed. That's not what you're looking for when you take a running back who's less than 25 years old and supposed to be the next number one guy. Hopefully he's able to turn this thing around. We'll have to see exactly what Shane Stetchen and the rest of that offense group is able to do, but we still need a, a quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts and improvement along the offensive line before we, before we start looking at Jonathan Taylor of running the ship. Brees Hall. I feel like that's all I got to say. Brees Hall. If you don't blow your ACL, I would not be surprised if we would have wound up seeing Brees Hall finishing as the number one running back overall as a rookie. That's just how good he was. Never mind the 41st total. That was with, you know, only seven games played. Actually, I think that's impressive. He finishes running back 41 total for the season and only seven games played. I think that's a big indicator of what we're about to talk about next. Eighth in average points per game, and third in our consistency rankings in his games played. One top five finish, two finishes inside the top 12, three inside the top 24, zero bust games. I mean, six of his seven games played, he was a 24 or better running back for you. Brees Hall, if he can get back to form heading into next season, and we'll have Brian Scott on to talk more about that, Brees Hall might be should be considered inside your first round. Thank you all for tuning in to the misconception correction of the running back consistency grades. I hope we'll see you again soon. We go through our little mini episode string here. We still got wide receivers and tight ends to tackle. We are starting to kick off some live episodes here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and click on that little notifications button. That way you know when we have new content available to you. Follow us on TikTok at MDFF Show and on Instagram at MDS Fantasy Football. If you ever need help during the season, whether it be Dynasty, Rookie, Redraft, uh, Best Ball, you name it, just hit us up on social media, at Show or my personal handle, DanMaterFF. Guys, we'll see you soon. Dallas on your favorite podcast app, and uh, we'll see you again next time.